Let's take our Bibles tonight and turn to Joshua chapter number 11. Joshua chapter number 11. I remember reading about a lady one time that had small T's and P's, the letter T and the letter P written in her Bible in the margins. And someone asked, what does the little T and little P mean that I see so often in your Bible? She explained, those are verses that I have tried and proven. Tried and proven. That's good. Good. I like that. The Word of God doesn't really mean much to any believer unless it has become personal in their lives. And by that I mean that we are to personally apply the Bible by trying it and proving it in our daily lives. I love the song that we sing, Trust and Obey. I grew up with that one. It's a good old song. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And that's, a, that's true. And the question is, do we? Do we trust and obey? In the practical daily reading, studying, and obeying of God's Word, we learn to trust and obey. <clears throat> and that's how God's Word becomes tried and proven in our lives. Paul said in, in Romans 12, 2, that we are not to be conformed to this world, but rather we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may, and he quotes, I quote him, he said, may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's tried and proven. Amen. We're to, we're to take God at His word and live the way He would have us do, and we, we, we try it and prove it in our lives. Now, we want to see this evening how God's word was tried and proven by his people here in this portion of the book of Joshua. While this may at first appear to be uh, some rather dull reading, we'll, we'll see that there are some wonderful lessons for us here. Uh, first of all, we see another confederacy comes against Israel. Let's, let's take verse number 1 through 5. It says in verse number 1, Joshua 11, verse 1, And it came to pass when Jabin, king of Hazor, had heard those things, and the things he heard was uh, uh, how those five kings, uh, what happened to them, <laughs> um, and you know what the Lord did to them. So when, it, when he had heard those things that he sent to Jobab, king of Madon, and the king of Shimron, and to the king of Akshaph, and to the kings that were on the north of the mountains and of the plains south of Chinneruth, in the valley and in the, the borders of Dor on the west, and to the Canaanite on the east and to the west, and to the Amorite and the Hittite and to the Perizzite and to the Jebusites in the mountains, and to the Hivite under Hermon in the land of Mizpah. And they went out... They and all their hosts with them, much people, even as the sand that is upon the sea shore in multitude, with horses and chariots very many. And when all these things were met, when all these kings were met together, they came and pitched together at the waters of Miram to fight against Israel. Now that had to be a little bit overwhelming to look at, don't you think? Uh, when uh, you can't even count how many they got. And they got uh, probably better material than what you have. They got horses and they got chariots. And you have your feet. <laughs> but you have the Lord. Amen. That, that, that's the thing that they had that the others didn't have. And uh, 
So we see this uh, another alliance forms when Jabin had heard uh, about what had taken place with the alliance of the five kings of the Amorites, and he had heard how the Lord intervened and caused the sun to stand still, and and the battle was Israel's, um, and he had heard, uh, but he obviously hadn't learned anything because he assembled another alliance to come against Israel. I mean, uh, the Lord's already defeated one alliance with no problem. And he's thinking, that well, it's just not the right alliance. You know, my alliance is going to do better. You know, the enemies of God sometimes show that they're not too bright. <laughs> uh, they assume that the God's people would be defeated by a larger alliance. And that's what we see here, a larger alliance. Well, you can't get a larger alliance than you got God. I mean, God's bigger than all the alliances you can pull together. Note verse 4 there says, And they went out, and they and all their hosts with them, much people, even as the sand that is upon the seashore in multitude, with uh, horses and chariots very many. In other words, there's some hyperbole here. just, Just say, you couldn't count them. Basically, it's what uh, it's getting at. A lot of folks. Later in the Bible, we're told how Saul's son, Jonathan, and his armor-bearer went into a Philistine garrison alone. And listen to what he told his armor-bearer. In 1 Samuel 14, verse 6, he said, There is no strength to the Lord to save by many or by few. There's no problem with the Lord. He, He can save by many, by few, or really even by none. And uh, he can give victory to, uh, to as few or as many as he chooses, whether it be a, an army or whether it be just a few. I mean, he, the Lord can do what he, he wants. Um, as believers, we face a variety of enemies. We know that. We know them as the world, the flesh, and the devil. Anyone or any combination of our enemies can defeat us if we fail to rely upon the Lord. And just as Israel's only hope here was to continue to trust and obey the, the, the one who had brought them victory in the past, the same is true for us. I mean, you don't, just because they had had one victory doesn't mean you stop trusting and obeying. Amen. I you've got to continue to trust and obey. And so we pick up in verse 6 and we, we see that the Lord encourages them and gives them the victory. Uh, we, we see, the first of all, the Lord's encouragement. There in verse number 6. Look at what it says. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Be not afraid because of them. (laughs) Be not afraid of them. Uh, If we're not careful, fear of our enemies uh, will defeat us. But but like Joshua, we have the Lord's encouragement to overcome the fear. We ought not to give ear to the fear. Don't, Don't listen to the fear. Don't uh, don't buy into the fear. We're not to fear our enemies. Listen to a few verses here. Second Timothy one seven, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. John fourteen verse twenty seven, Jesus said these words. He said, "Peace I leave with you," talking to his disciples. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He wanted his disciples to be uh, courageous in what he was going to be sending them out to do. 
John 16, verse 33, the Lord Jesus also said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. It's not that we're going to live a trouble-free life, but it's that we're going to live a victorious life. And Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he, talking about the Lord, has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man uh, shall do unto me. So we, we're not to fear. We're to trust the Lord and look to uh, him for our help. So we see the Lord's encouragement. We also see the, the Lord's promises there in verse 6. Uh, so be not afraid because of them, for tomorrow about this time, notice this, will I deliver them up all slain before Israel. The Lord said, I will deliver them. Uh, their enemies would, horses, uh, look at, the, let's read that whole verse there. The Lord said unto them, be not afraid because of them, for tomorrow about this time will I deliver them up all slain before Israel. Thou shalt hew their horses or hoe their horses, uh, depending on how you want to pronounce that, and burn their chariots with fire. Now what does that word mean? The enemy, enemy's horses would be uh, brought down. That's what that word hoe is talking about. It's talking about really tearing out by the roots. It's, it's, uh, and, and so the Lord was going to have uh, their horses brought down and their chariots would be burned. The Lord knew how to take care of Israel's enemies. Uh, Psalm 20, <coughs> excuse me, in verse number 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, <coughs> but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. The Lord knows how to take care of our enemies as well. And the Lord promises victory to us as well. Um, turn to Romans chapter number 8 with me. Hold your place there. We'll be back in uh, just a few minutes. But Romans chapter number 8, a few verses here I want us to read. <clears throat> you know the Lord is for us. He is. And, and um, we see that in Romans 8, verse number 31. <clears throat> says here in Romans 8, verse 31, What shall we say then? What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh the intercession for us. Do you get all the for us's there? You know, for the for us there in verse 31, verse 32 is another one, and then um, he's given us all things there as well in verse 32, and then he, he makes the intercession for us in verse 34. Who shall separate us? From the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. 
as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, circle that little word in, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Uh, in the end we overcome. Amen? For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have assurance that God is going to fulfill His word and give us exactly what He promised. Amen? So, uh, let's remember that. Second uh, Corinthians 2.14 says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. <coughs> Excuse me. And maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Our victory is in Jesus. Amen. We sing the song Victory in Jesus. <clears throat> and our, that's where our victory is at. Uh, the Lord's victory... We experience. We let's turn back uh, to our our uh, Joshua eleven. Let's take a look at verse number seven uh, through fourteen. Here we see the Lord's victory experienced here. Joshua eleven, verse number seven. <clears throat> so Joshua came and all the people of war with him against them by the waters of Merom suddenly, and they and they fell upon them. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel, who smote them and chased them into great Zidon, and also Mishareth, and all the, and the valley of Mizpah eastward, and they smote them until they left them none remaining. Joshua did unto them as the Lord bade him. He hewed their horses and burnt their chariots with fire. And Joshua at that time turned back and took Hazor, smote the king thereof with the sword, for Hazor before time was the head of all those kingdoms, and they smote all the souls that were therein with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying them. you get that? There was not any left to breathe, and he burnt Hazor with fire. And all the cities of those kings, and all the kings of them, did Joshua take and smote them with the edge of the sword, and he utterly destroyed them as Moses the servant of the Lord commanded. But as for the cities that stood still in their strength, Israel burned none of them, save Hazor only, that did Joshua burn. Then all the spoil of these cities, and the cattle, and the children of Israel took for a prey unto themselves, but every man they smote with the edge of the sword, until they had destroyed them, neither left they any to breathe. <laughs> so, we see the Lord's victory experienced here. Utter extermination was literally carried out. Um, the victory was complete. He utterly destroyed them. Neither left in, any of, to breathe there, we read. The Lord's victory for Israel was His judgment upon the ungodly nations of Canaan. <clears throat> and then we see the continued conflict and, and complete victory in verses 15 through 23. We see the continued conflict <coughs> as uh, Joshua and Israel were victorious over the enemies of the Lord. We know that there would arise new conflicts. Amen. Um, you're never going to wake up one day and not have uh, not have any enemies as long as you're here. 
when the Lord takes us home to be with Him, our enemies will be over. But as long as God gives us breath in this life, we're going to face conflict. And as Joshua and Israel were victorious over the enemies of the Lord, there would arise new conflicts. And we've said before, living for the Lord on this earth is a continual battle. And one day the conflict will be settled forever. But until then, we face daily battles with our enemies. Um, but we do so with the promise of victory. Uh, let's, let's read about the, their victory here, verse 15 through 23. As, as the Lord commanded Moses' his servant, so did Moses command Joshua. And so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. So Joshua took all of that land, the hills, and all the south country, and all the land of Goshen, and the valley, and the plain, and the mountain of Israel, and the valley of the same, even the Mount Halak that goeth up to Seir, even unto Baal Gad, uh, the, the valley of Lebanon, under Mount Hermon, and all their kings, he took them, and smote them, and slew them. Joshua made war a, a long time with all those kings. There was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel, save the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon, all other they took in battle. For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly, that they might have no favor, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. And at that time came Joshua and cut off the Anakims from the mountains, from Hebron, from Debir, and, and from Anab, and from all the mountains of Judah, and from all the mountains of Israel. Joshua destroyed them utterly with their cities. There was none of the Anakims left in the land of the children of Israel, only in Gaza and Gath, and in Ashdod there remained. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, Gaza and Gath, that's where Goliath came out of. Okay? Uh, the, verse 23, So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord said unto Moses, and Joshua gave it for inheritance unto Israel according to their divisions by their tribes, and the land rested from war. So there was a long battle, but now they're not done yet. Don't get the idea that they're done. I know it looks like they, they, they finished, but they just finished with this portion of the battle. Um, but we have promised victory, and just because we have a victory don't mean that we're finished. <laughs> okay, there's, there's still more battles. Look at uh, 1 Peter chapter number 5. <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter number 5. And it talks about leaning upon the Lord, and it talks about our victory uh, through the Lord. Here in First Peter five and verse number six through ten. Here it says, "Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you." What a what a blessing! Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, notice this, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. You know, there's going to come a time, amen, that uh, 
the battle will be over. Uh, one of these days when the Lord breaks the blue, uh, we were looking for Him to come. Uh, what a blessing it will be that our battles will be over at that time. Uh, complete victory comes with complete obedience. Uh, Joshua and Israel were acting in obedience to uh, the Lord's will. We read there in verse, just call your attention to uh, Joshua 11, verse number 9. It says, And Joshua did unto them as the Lord bade him. In verse 12, it says, And he utterly destroyed them as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded. Then down in verse 15, it says, And as the Lord commanded Moses, his servant, so did Moses command Joshua. And so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. <coughs> Sorry. Got a little bit of sinus strange tonight. Um, so Joshua took the whole land, and verse number 23, so Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord said unto Moses. What was the action? The action was obedience. The lesson we need to learn is this. Complete victory is directly dependent upon complete obedience. Plain and simple. And the result of Israel's obedience in verse number 23, we're told that the land rested from war. Now, we're not going to read it tonight, but I encourage you to read chapter 12. It recounts the victories of Israel over the various kingdoms, and it serves as a reminder to us that the Lord keeps His promises. God's Word is most precious and to us when it is tried and proven in our walk. Amen. Um, 2 Samuel 22, verse 31 says, And as for God, His way is perfect. The, Lord, the Word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in Him. And you'll, you'll see a similar verse in Psalm 18, verse 30. Psalm 18, verse 30. And then Psalm 12, verse 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. What the Lord says, He means. Amen. So the question is, are we walking in victory, or are we living defeated lives? The difference between victory or defeat is in uh, is found in our obedience to God's word or lack thereof. In Scripture, we're told to read the word. Amen. We we can look. We can find uh, many passages to talk about reading the word, meditating on the word, studying the word, memorizing the word, searching the word, rejoicing in the word, and sharing the word. All of which are important, but victory is found in obeying the word. Okay, be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. So let's uh, let's be obedient to the Lord and try and prove God's will in our own life. Amen. Well, that's our Bible study for this evening, <clears throat> and um, we'll pull out the prayer list. We'll pray for the needs on the list, and we we'll dismiss in this prayer.